listening to Barstool Banter. And we're live. Hi, Gavin Karina. Thank you very much for coming. First episode of Barstool Banter. Thank you very much for having us. For a joy to see every time they come to the bar or come anywhere that our friend groups are, you know, whatever the occasion is, weddings, bars, whatever, they're a joy to see. The fact that both of them are dating now is even better because I'm enjoying seeing you two happy. Um, you two yeah. are just you two <laughs> yeah, are yeah. always just glowing. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah well, uh, let's start this off. You know, this is the first episode of Barstool Banter. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about your bar experiences in here. Bartender, how long have you been bartending? I have been bartending for 17 years. 17? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm at like uh, three and a half years, maybe four. Oh, it, it feels like it's been a really long time. But Bartending right before I turned 21. Aged myself. <laughs> um, so in, in your 17 years... What is the most, most fantastic, just off the top of your head, bar story you have? Well, I s- there's lots of different ones. When you say fantastic, you mean the one that you're going to enjoy the most? I, you know, but whether it's whether one I'm enjoy or she'll enjoy or Davin will enjoy, uh, the one that just kind of stands out to you the most. Well, I worked at Mr. Lucky's, which was a pool hall downtown in Superior, and it was packed in there on a Friday night. I was working with two of our real good friends, Brent and Josh, and a fight broke out in the back room. Two females that probably outweighed me by 80 pounds apiece, and they could not hear me yelling for help over the jukebox, and I had to jump a pool table and ride one of their backs to the ground, choking her out while she was beating the piss out of this other girl. I can totally see that at Mr. Lucky's. There's about 35 people crowded around cheering them on and nobody helping me break this fight up. It happened in a bar. Yeah, so that's a good fight story. <laughs> it was the aftermath. After the fight. We found three foot long pieces of each other's hair that they had ripped out of each other's heads on the ground when we were cleaning later. And we booted the girl out the front door, and she tried to break the glass out with her forehead. Oh, <laughs> Hulk smash. Yes. I have to ask, was there scale pieces involved in Yes, there? it was disgusting. I didn't want to touch it. I made Rue pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that I'm going to ask you the same question, obviously you've done, like myself, from 18 and above, you've been going in a bar. I started a little later than that. I didn't drink until I was 21. I was I was well behaved in my younger years, um, but I, I met a very good mentor in Travis Tyson when I was 21 years old, who really showed me the ropes on how to go out and rip it up and have a good time. Hey, he'll do that. He'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> I recall one night. Uh, if you guys remember the Third Rock Bar, yep. what is now VIP Pizza, uh, we frequented that bar as a group um, of employees from a certain place in Superior that changed oil 
that will remain unnamed. <laughs> uh, we used to frequent that place so often. Uh, there was one night, because uh, my brother actually was um, the DJ there. We were very close friends with a lot of the bartenders and um, bouncers. So I recall one night there where they had a wet t-shirt contest. And we got five different women to get up on the stage. And through all the rounds, um, obviously any wet t-shirt contest usually involves multiple women taking their tops off. Rome. Well, we exactly went in Rome. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I did a dugout closing party, but I love it. So. Yes. <laughs> well, my friends and I had so much sway over the bar that we actually were able to make the crowd cheer the loudest for the girl that didn't take her shirt off, which was, of course, one of our friends. <laughs> Just take it all. So you've got four topless women standing up here on stage, and the winner is the only girl that doesn't take her shirt off. So all the other four just look completely demoralized and humiliated at this point. Volumes <laughs> too. Absolutely, it really does. It really does. That was not the night I partook in the t-shirt contest. I actually don't think in all of my years. I shouldn't say all my years. It makes it sound like it's been a long time. It kind of has, but. Like Gavin said, I was really late to the party as far as going out to bars, too. I was 28. I think the first time I really yeah. out anywhere. Yeah, I was... Better late than never, Nikki. Yeah. I was, I was physically pushed out for my 21st birthday. The person that I was with at that point in my life just couldn't understand how somebody was turning 21 and, and didn't want to go partake in the bar so I was sent on my merry little way at 21 years old with a disposable Kodak camera at the time <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just I'll just, leave, I'll just leave it at that I went out and had this fantastic time and I came home with a bucket so, uh, for, uh, because the millennials that may listen to this has no clue let's just refer to it as a camera uh, they will have no idea what a Kodak camera is, and or disposable. I, you know, I don't know how many disposable cameras I threw away. Uh, you know, when we even got the yeah, pictures off of. Yeah, when I left town, I threw away probably sixty or seventy disposable cameras with thirty-two pictures apiece that I never got developed because I didn't know what was on there. Oh. The younger generation Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of 32 photos, you might get one or two that are actually good. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some uh, That's true. questionable ones. That's why disposable cameras were like our generation's version of Russian roulette. Yeah, pretty much. It really was. <laughs> you had 32 chances. Hope it turns out well. <laughs> and then having to sit and wait at least... At least forty-eight hours before you could look at your pictures. Oh well, then, then you had to deal with the, um, you know, going to the photo place because you know these people looked at your pictures. And I remember and I turned, if there was even half nudity in there, they wouldn't give them to you. Yeah, it, or they would judge you. Uh, they they really would because I remember I went, oh, sir. <laughs> I remember I um I, I went and turned one in. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was 19 years old and I was still tripping acid at the time. Um, I, uh, <laughs> no holds barred on this podcast, like I said. Um, but yeah, yeah, at the time I was still doing a lot of acid, and I remember I went to turn this camera in. And I had no idea what was on there. I go to pick it up two days later, and the guy is just staring at me. 
judging. He's, he's seen the pictures. He he had to he had to develop them. And I'm just like, um, yeah, you just throw them away. I, I didn't even want to see what he was judging me about. <laughs> you never looked at him. Never looked at him. I had no idea what was on him. I remember I bought the camera. Uh, the day before I turned it in, I bought the camera. Me and my buddy, um, what was his called, Mike, uh, we had hit some acid, got a hold of some good stuff, got us a, a tin sheet, and we did five apiece. Woke up next morning. All the all the pictures are taken. I did not want to see it. There's some things in life that are best that are left unseen. Exactly. Too afraid to know what you did. <laughs> I, way too afraid to know what I did. Fortunately, in the day of social media, you just have to open up Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat and just kind of take a look at what you did last night. And I'm so oh, glad that was you're not around when you were young. But your your brother or mother, father, aunt didn't see it before you could delete it. <laughs> or your fourteen year old. Right. Or your child. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully most of my bad things end up on Facebook and my kids don't look at Facebook, so lucky. It's it's why I'm glad I don't I, I love my cell phone. I'm addicted to technology. I mean, I'm wearing a Samsung watch. I have this set up for the podcast. I have my cell phone. But I'm glad that when I get drunk, like I was Friday night, I'd say I was rather shit-based. Um, I'm glad I don't pull out the cell phone or even uh, Halloween night. Um, you know, The only pictures I have of me is at VIP, and then there were some other people that took pictures in between. Uh, mainly like when Gavin was up doing karaoke and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the bar. I'm dressed as Slash with a guitar. Of course I'm going to jump up there. I have videos and pictures, but they're all upside down and I don't know how that happens. Somebody has a video of it. I totally do, but it's all upside down. I really don't know how I took upside down video and photos. I don't either. Is it a Samsung or an iPhone? iPhone. The button, the record button is on the bottom. <laughs> we were having a good time. It, it was. It, it brings me to. Um, there, there, I, you know, it brings me to something else. Gavin, you are a karaoke aficionado. Yes. You love doing karaoke. I just love to sing. Oh yeah, you love I to sing. Have. All right. My dad's a singer-songwriter. I've been singing since I can remember. Okay. Well, it's. A good way to be raised. Well, what is your favorite? All right, so you walk into a bar like Tat, and they have a random karaoke DJ. Turn the page. Turn the page. Absolutely love turn the page. Turn the page. Every time. Go to. Okay, so what is the... Tell us what's the one time you completely bombed going karaoke. I was pretty loaded. I don't even remember what Eminem song it was, but... <laughs> That's great. It is. Didn't do that very well. Hey, you don't know which one it is. If I had to guess, I was pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure it was "Lose Yourself." 
At least it was a rap god. Although I would really, really like to attempt Stay Wide Awake. Stay Wide Awake? Alright, that's a good one. So, you've done karaoke. As a matter of fact, I think Friday night you were at a karaoke contest at the local bar here in Superior Hacienda. Yes. Um, here to tell us where you fell in that contest? Second. That can't not bad at all. Yeah. Considering the amount of karaoke people we have here in Superior, it's pretty good. Well, there was only three participants on Friday night because it was like their third night of qualifications. Um, no, no, yeah, I got second. <laughs> Should not have gotten second. What song did you do? Turn the page. Turn the page. Yeah, you got second place. Okay, well, I first. was. I had a sore throat. My voice was a little messed up, so I went with the go-to just so I knew that I'd get through it. No holds bar. I felt like I killed it, and I'm pretty sure that the entire bar agreed with that fact. So much to the point where the guy that even sang after me as I was walking back to my seat said. I don't even want to sing my song now. <laughs> what song beat you? Uh, the gentleman sang Dream On. And he did a good job. It was maybe more of a... Uh, Everything in life is politics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, um, do, you think it's, do you feel that... That because was a was more black, recognizable probably. song, or maybe he was more more of a regular. No, they ignore the comment. <laughs> I'll edit that out. I'll that edit it out. I'll, I'll edit that out. I'll, I'll have you later on, like record like something else, and I'll just edit this whole bit out. <laughs> so now you, you did turn the page. Now did you do? Now obviously, uh, Bob Seger wrote. And they did the song first. Yes. And Metallica redid it. Yes. Uh, which version did you do? Seeger. Seeger, right? Not the Metallica did a bad job. I enjoy their rendition of it. Absolutely. But when it comes to singing it, I want Seeger every time. All right, awesome. Yeah, Seeger, you know, I tend to go to the classics unless uh, you're talking about Iper Bell and Blank Space. And I would much like, I'd rather listen to Iper Bell than Taylor Swift. It's just how it is. And now, Karina, do you share? Uh, yes, Nikki. I think we do need some libations around Well, I was just wondering if Gavin and Karina wanted a beer. Do you guys want a beer? Shots I'm sipping whiskey and water. <laughs> do, do you want a beer? Do, do you want a beer? No, I don't want one. Thank you. I got this. Let me have this. Okay. Um, I'll take a, uh, another Yank bomb if anybody else wants a No, thank you. Do you want me to make it through the end of the podcast? I'll be blacked out by then. Start drinking yay. Well, no, I don't want you blacked out. Would you like a beer to go with your Jack Daniels? No. Mm -mm. Whiskey and water. No, thank you. All right. A bush latte? I feel like I was being prompted to order a bush latte right there. If you want a bush latte, you can totally have one. I feel like Nikki wanted me to order Okay. Um... So, Karina, um, obviously Gavin loves doing karaoke. Um, what about you? I mean... Oh, God, no. No? No. Nobody wants to hear me say that. So, if Gavin... Including myself. Now, now do, you, do you ever just sing along to a song with Gavin in the car? Yes. 
All right, so you're willing to do a duet with him in the car if you two were at an appropriate bar that was doing karaoke, um, and he tried to drag you up there with him, what song would you do? No, I have no idea. It would have to be something, I don't know, I'd just turn my mic off and stand next to him and pretend like I was singing, so it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> okay, okay, so, so there's, no, there, there's no song that you and Gavin do together that you think maybe if I was drunk enough I would do? Not that I'm going to have you do this drunk song. Enough, I could get her to do Phil Collins songs. Oh, yeah, probably, yep. Phil Collins, right. Phil Collins, good go-to. It's like mine and Nikki's. Um, she's never caught me at the right drunkenness. Uh, now Halloween night, there was karaoke DJ there at Tat, and when I was ready, you know, like it was pretty much right after you came in because you did it right. You would go in the Tat, you would set up a song, you do karaoke, and you vanish. You just leave. Yeah, pretty much. You would just leave. And then you would come, you came back like a couple hours later, you did another song, you just left. Like, I'm just, I, I'm... Did you sing when we went back? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the second song. I barely remember the first song. I just remember jumping up there as, you know, Slash and doing the whole fake guitar stuff. Uh, but whereas if Nikki could catch me on the right level, it would be Paradise by the Dashboard Lights by oh. Meatloaf. I tried so hard. On However, night to get to do that and song. you will sing it with him? I would have sung it with him, yes. We do it all the time. Oh, all the um, time. Not karaoke, public, you know, with microphones, but. In the car. In, in, in bars, in, even. But. Why not have with I never the seen this? Because I'm terrified of microphones, which is this podcast is a little bizarre for me because I'm terrified of microphones. Um, but we do sing that song in public quite a lot, actually. You know the roles are reversed, though. Like I do the guy part, he does the girl part. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> we do that in certain places too. <laughs> no judgment. Not None judging. at all. None at all. Um, so, Karina, this. This right here is for you. Uh, you've been a bartender 17 years. That's that's a long time behind the bar. What keeps you behind the bar? I love my regulars at my bar. They take good care of me with tips, with helping me out. If I get really busy, they do my garbages. They crack jokes with me. I've seen them go through loss of a loved one. Two of my regulars got engaged in my bar while Aww. I was working on Thursday night. I was in on the surprise, and it was awesome, amazing time. And I've asked you to marry me 17 times at a bar, and you say no. Well, I mean, <laughs> timing. Uh. <laughs> Pro tip, don't ask me to marry you in a bar. Unless Sorry, you Karina. put a little more I thought I had to clarify it. who he was talking to right there, because I was like, uh. Try it in a tavern next time. <laughs> oh no it's been dugout tavern grumpies uh once at log cabin uh during uh kickball actually friday night at tower avenue tavern <laughs> <Is that really? laughs> you gotta work harder than that <laughs> he says and i quote i'm sick of calling you my girlfriend and stops talking <laughs> i was like okay well bye felicia <laughs> You want to hear a fantastic bar story? Absolutely. 
my two regulars that got engaged on Thursday, Tony, he got a hold of us ahead of time. We have a, a weekly drawing on Thursday nights. So we have this big old bucket with everybody's number in it. Everybody pays their two bucks and gets on it every week. And for the drawing, he brought in the ring in the box ahead of time and had Brad choose him to pull the number out. So he reaches his hand into the big bucket, pulls out the ring box, and his girlfriend's right next to him. And she's like, who won? And he's like, gets down on a knee, and she goes, oh, fuck. Like, just kills it through the whole box. Everybody starts laughing. He tells this awesome story of how they met and whatever. She said yes. Aww. Everybody cheered him on as soon as the applause died down. All the old grumpy regulars were like, someone won the drawing. They're all yelling. <laughs> That's really cute. That's what keeps me there. You know, it's, it's the best way to uh, do a proposal at a bar or something like that. It's not my drunken shenanigans of I'm tired of calling you my girlfriend. <laughs> that a Dave proposal? <laughs> that has been um, at least 122 of Dave's proposals. Yeah. Um, not that I don't love this woman, I love this woman more than love. Right? But um. I only want to marry her when I'm drunk. <laughs> That's fair. That's While I'm taking totally a fair. drink of my shot. <laughs> Thankfully, it's quite often. <laughs> With 17 years experience in a bar, um, you're, you're a great bartender. Um, you know, you, you work in a cabin. You've served me at 50s um, and know all the bars you've worked at because I've only been up here for a decade. Um, <laughs> um if if money was not an object, would you buy a bar? And what would you theme? Would you have like a a, a dance bar or a dive bar or a, a restaurant pub? Uh, what would you do? Money was no object. I would bring back something similar to Norms. Something similar to Norms. Yes, everybody loved that place. It was always busy. Oh yeah, the you shark tanks, the whale tanks. Yeah, the... and you could walk in there, and it was. Everybody was welcoming. You always knew someone there. It was always a fun time. Taco so, Tuesdays. Yes. Absolutely. Taco, oh, Taco Tuesdays. Tuesdays was amazing. So just a plug for the bar that I work at. We have tacos on Wednesday nights. Um, They're delicious. I've had they them. Are. They are really good. <laughs> so come on down if you're in the area. But, anyway, so you would take the... What, what theme part of Norms would you take aside from the... Uh, hometown, like everybody knows your name, like Cheers Bar kind of thing from Norms, because that was great. Mm-hmm. That's um, what it. That's what I would want, like a hometown feel, where you just walk in there and it's just comfortable right away. You don't walk in like, oh, nobody I know is here, or you know, the bartender's giving me the stink eye already. Oh, and that's <laughs> such a hard thing to obtain too. Like, I, I think with our group of friends, any one of us would be able to do that at this point and get a good following and. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hold it down. And, and Dave and I were talking earlier about just having that absence of everybody. Like, I work out here. You work out a log cabin. They're great bars, but at the same time, they're out of outside of the beaten path of what mm-hmm. we used to. Definitely. How in the world do we get that back? 
can't answer that question. It's a tough one to answer. You, you really, nobody really has um, the, the answer to that question because where those bars were worked. Um, you know, Norms was right in the middle of town and uh, then, then you had Dugout. Dugout was probably the closest to Norms. That was Norms. like the hub. It's it, it, all of us. In, in Norms and then Dugout and it's there's not really a common thread other than people just went there. But yeah. you made friends with everybody in the bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah it, it felt like home. It's like you walk through the door and the damn uh, the, the Cheers theme song would start playing. You know, you expect to see Sam. Pull or... up a chair. What's up, Norm? <laughs> <laughs> and, and both those bars had the norm. I mean, at at, uh, at Norm's, it was I would have to say um, Chris Kempton. Kempton yeah. was the norm. It really was. And at Dugout, I don't know who who would be the norm at Dugout. Tony. Tony? Always there. Tony or I don't know. I think I feel like Brian was there. Like, Brian suspenders. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like guy I work for, Brian. Oh yeah, Brian. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, he was pulling like eight days a week, like the Beatles. I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's like, like one person, but I feel like it's it's a the vibe. It really is. Um. Well, it's like tonight, I mean, it, it, we're not going to call this bar out, but me and Nikki stopped at a bar before we came here for her work, her shift. Um, and, you know, you, sometimes you walk into some of the bars that are left and just immediately when you walk in, you get a vibe. It's like, nope, not going to drink here. Yeah, not today. Yeah, not that today. The vibe's off today. and Yeah, and there's some that you just don't want to go in. You just once you had a bad um, experience and then you just never go back. There's so many in town to choose from. They, you it's, can it's, do that. It's, it's, <laughs> you don't have to go back to the same place twice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like in Norms. I didn't care if I had to sit by the hook and washer game. I was glad to be... I love that. <laughs> <laughs> a little nostalgia there. Shout out to Ryan Nelson for being a god at that game. <laughs> and then, of course, the one seat everybody wanted on a Friday or Saturday night was the cubby table. Yep. Yes. In between the two stairs, that was the place to be. Was the cubby table? I disagree. Owning the dartboard corner was the man. Oh, okay. Dartboard corner was a good one. I was just on the buck hunter all the time. I was a big fan of sitting at the bar and right next to the uh, the big vat of Long Island tea. Oh, at the bar. You would. At the bar. <laughs> you would, Nikki. But that's yeah. you dipping your cup in. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, 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 that's where I fell in love with Kelly and Shelly were usually really busy so it was probably would have been kind of easy charge so, me for another <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, we're going to continue on um, so there's a question some people know this answer other people do not and this is the most impersonal most personal question I'm going to ask you did you two like you know people listening can't see my hands but you know come together yes come together yeah. don't do that we'll lose money <laughs> <laughs> oh 
speaking of karaoke, right, rights, you know, rights issues. So I didn't. I'm. So how did you? Gavin takes over. We've we have known of each other exactly who each other was for 20 plus years. Well, I've been graduated for 20 years, so it's probably been only 23, 24 years. Karina, if none of you are familiar, is kind of very unmistakable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But never been formally introduced. I do not have a third eye in the middle of my forehead. (laughs) made that sound like... (laughs) I mean the hair. Yes. The no, hair. But yeah, no, people know who Karina is. Yeah, like, everybody I mean, knows Karina. Anybody who's in within our age bracket. They're like Karina and they're like, oh curly hair Karina. Yeah, Karina. And they're like, yeah, okay, everybody knows who Karina is. Never really been formally introduced. Um, <laughs> but Brent and I were talking about finding something interesting to do and not even going to say what kind of creepy psycho stalker type of thing led me to find out. Oh, uh, yeah, I have an idea of something we could do, Karina. No, Brent and I just decided that we were going to go out to the log cabin on a night that Karina was bartending. Brent and Karina are very good friends. So we went out there and the more intoxicated and inebriated I became, <laughs> that you wouldn't let up. I wouldn't let up. I was I was pretty persistent until the bar closed, but I was still sent on my way home by myself. But that didn't stop her from texting me the next morning and telling me that she was available that night. <laughs> you know, I kind of I do recall uh, texting Brenton and Crystal. They're like, hey, I'm working. What are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're out at Log Cabin with, with Gavin and Karina's working. And I know I've known Karina for many years. I've known Gavin for less, but so many. For, for many years. And that light went off in the back of my head. And I'm like, huh, they're both single. How you guys met is close to the way me and Nikki finally... You know, I, I'm not going to call it tied knot, but you know, ended, tie the knot. ended up stuck no. together. Another 122 times before she says yes, right? Uh, Probably 500. <laughs> I figured Jack turns 18 in four years, and I'm going to ask her at least another 30 times per year. Jack is my <laughs> son, not. Uh, so insert math here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because if you gave me, like, 18 shots of Jack, I might say yes, but you have to wait till my son Jack is 18. It's not personal. It's personal to me, but it's not personal to him. The, the, the way me and Nikki met, um, I don't know if you guys know it, because uh, we rarely hang out together. It's kind of in passing. I was in a wolf pack of us. like Yeah, it's, it's, there's so many of us. And I'm just still the outsider that was brought in because I know somebody. He um, once was a one-man wolf pack. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met you guys. So I, sh- I should watch what's in these drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I met Nikki at Taz. 
Um, and how what what interests me in this woman right here was she sat to my right at the end of tap at the end of the bar and tap. Tavern. And she ordered a Bud Light and a shot of Jack. And I was like, oh my god, it's the woman of my dreams. That's how much of an alcoholic I am. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was sitting there with a beer in front of him in an empty shot glass. Which had prior contained Jack Daniels, and it was just kind of like. You guys a, ordered the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That was our drink. It kind of obviously sparked him. He was like, what? <laughs> I met Trina on her white claw bender. Oh. Yeah, that was. Dark days. Yeah. You're not so into a bad I love how you're not a. You're not proud of your White Claw days. Ugh. Never look at one again. I serve one at the bar and I gag a little bit. I mean, every once in a while I kind of want one, but just because I... The only time I ever do White Claw is when I don't want beer. I've had too much liquor. I'm just... I'm thirsty, but I still want to get drunk. Like, I still want to party, but I want to drink water. <laughs> you want to know what ruined it for me? Was using White Claw as a mix with vodka, and that was what. Oh, I could totally see that going bad. That sounds so terrible. That's Rockfest to a T. What year? This year. (laughs) Oh, when you lost your tent. (laughs) Old tents. And when our tent. Lost my jeep for crying out loud! That wind was so bad. Well, you you know what was funny is you know when Rock when we were at Rockfest now, me and Nikki last year. We rode out a hell of a storm in my tent. The same tent as this year. Right, Two years ago. Yes, last year. Still last year. Well, last rock. Yeah. Rocket. It's confusing. She's blonde. Um, there. So, you know, last year we rode out a storm that was pretty bad. And we sat in a tent. We had, what, 10 different liquors. We brought a bar. Like we we had grenadine, just everything. We brought a bar, and we wrote it out in that tent. And this year, I'm looking at that storm rolling in, and I'm seeing the green. I'm like, "Yep, nope, we're gonna be in my jeep." And we spent it riding around in my jeep and getting freaked out because I'm driving through all these flash flood rivers and. I'm getting out my Jeep and I'm screaming at idiots cutting me off because they're trying to escape. <laughs> You're driving into the eye of the storm. I, you know, literally we were. It, it was fun for us. But we're driving around Rockfest grounds in Kadotten, Wisconsin. And we're seeing everybody else's tents just blown away. And it was... And every once in a while, we make it back to our site. It's like, up, oh, we're still standing. And, you know, so Tit was still going proud. Um, I'm going to throw a shout out here later for the company that made that tent. Um, but we, we get back after the storm was done. And the only thing that happened was a small minor fraction in one of our poles or fracture in one of our poles. Well, then, for how bad that storm was. Uh, yeah, we were told by our neighbors that our tent was laying flat. And then it would just pop right back up. Like <laughs> a boner that will not go down. <laughs> back in, I think it was 02, 
I was down in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at Bonnaroo. The night that 10,000 Maniacs performed, I drank way too much that day. Fucking jealous. I didn't get to see them because I went back Not to jealous. my tent. <laughs> Not jealous. Then. So I go back to the tent and take a good couple hour nap to kind of recover. And when I get up, all hell is breaking loose. Exact same kind of storm that you guys experienced at Rockfest this last summer. Except we're, I mean, this is Tennessee, so it's like hurricane type, well, tornado type weather. Sorry. So nobody around us is back at their tents at all. And we were there, so I was able to like keep things from blowing away and, and basically keep our structure standing. And I'm not an idiot, so of course I chose a hill to put a tent on because I'm not dumb. But anyway, that's not the point. So after the 10,000 Maniacs had performed and the storm was over, thousands of really messed up individuals came back to find their campsites just destroyed. Well, somewhere in between that time frame, the friend that I was with and I thought that it would be a great idea to eat some mushrooms. So as all of these people are coming back to their demolished campsites, I am just starting to just just peek crazily. And all I can hear are people talking about how decimated their campsites are. And the great part was the gentleman next to us, they, they did the whole military theme. Like they referred to like headquarters as their campsite. And like they had different sectors of the, the concert ground marked off and they call it. So when we heard these guys come back and start radioing to each other, like, Hey, number one, this is headquarters. We've got a serious problem here. <laughs> I lost it and started laughing my ass off. And mind you, I'm in my tent, so nobody can see me. All they can hear is this cackling of me laughing hysterically at everybody's misfortunes. As oh, they look at my tent, it's still perfectly standing, <laughs> unharmed <laughs> after this tremendous storm. And at one point, I remember laughing so hard, just be like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry, I'm tripping on mushrooms right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got concert stories for days. Okay, so let's say you, you, you love concerts. Um, you know, obviously we do too. I, I've recently introduced her to Rockfest. I've been there before you, but right. she's been there before me. But she's actually having fun now. Absolutely, um, it wasn't uh, my prior experience was not that. It was great. It was great, but not that exciting. And, and I introduced drugs, and all of a sudden she's having fun. I didn't do drugs. I haven't been to a festival, festival probably in over ten years. Oh, you need to go, man. There's just there's the thing I love about festivals is all right. So so it's a crapshoot as far as the bands. One of the bands I was looking forward to uh, this year, Rock Fest, and I will straight up call Marilyn Manson out. For putting Some on a shit goddamn show. He couldn't stay sober to hold the stage. Oh, hell horrible. no. I've seen better shows at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese, to be totally honest hey, with you. I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese, hey, I'm but just I'm, saying, I'm saying you're probably telling the truth. YouTube, it, um, if I had the TV set up, I'd put up a Chuck E. Cheese concert. The animatronics. Better right. than Marilyn Manson flopping around on the ground with his shirt pulled up. And not being able to understand anything he was saying. Well, you know, and like I seen, I seen him twice in '99. You saw Marilyn this year, right? 
Hey, I see, I, I see Manson twice in 99, and it was a hell of a show. Matter yeah, of fact, his second performance, he was kicked out of North Carolina for it. Um, I had a couple pages from the Bible signed by Manson, Twiggy, Johnny Five, uh, you know, and I used to hold them dear, but lost them throughout the years, you know, because, you know, shit decisions and all. Um, and this year it was it was the one band I was looking forward to. Now you had bands like you know Rob Zombie and just Rob Zombie sucks in concert. Amazing this year. It was good. I will say Rob Zombie was kind of awesome. Well, he must, he must have quit smoking and had regenerative lung surgery. Or something. Oh, How horrible Marilyn Manson was that made me drink a lot more. So I don't remember half of Rob Zombie, but it was good <laughs> from what I remember. It was awesome. I, I remember Rob Zombie being very. Into his performance, and I, I gotta give him a lot of props. I totally enjoyed Rob Zombie. Everything about the show was good. Like their, yeah. like the light show, the stage presence, all of it. He sounded good the whole time. He actually he sounded like he wanted to be there. Where Marilyn Manson kind of came yeah, off I, like he could have given two shits. I had there. more of a Marilyn Manson type experience back when Rob Zombie played at Ozfest in like '98. Well, that was still what Manson was. Putting his all into the concert. Yeah, but Manson couldn't play at Ozfest back then because he couldn't play in Wisconsin legally. Uh, true. But Rob Zombie, when he came out and played at Ozfest that year, he couldn't he couldn't sing every other sentence of his songs because he was losing his breath. Yeah, he oh. he could not keep up with himself at all. It was pathetic. I think one of the bands that I was really impressed with at Rockfest and I wasn't expecting to be impressed with this last year was uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Like I did not think. Like, I always just kind of thought they were meh, but I had a so glad that you correctly. enjoyed the show. Memory serves correctly, it. Karina didn't get to see that three one. Three bands I went there Aww. for, I got to see in this moment, and the other three bands that I went there for, I didn't get to see. Okay, so we're, we're, we're getting close to the mark. Um, and, you know, we still got a few minutes left, but however, um, brings me to a uh, question here. Uh, beverage of choice. <laughs> white Claw. No, not White Claw. No, I don't prefer barf. I was saying barf to her. You want barf? No, no, thank you. So you want John Candy in his prime? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you? I'm going Rebel Stoke on this one. Rebel All right, so Rebel Stoke. Rebel Stoke pecan. Ah. I would say same slash Rebel Stoke root beer. Do we have that here? We do not actually have Rebel Stoke here, and the only Rebel Stoke I've had, personally, is the Apple. Oh, when I broke my ankle. The Apple is actually one of their newest ones. So yeah, we'll only do I another mean, shot if there's a dumpster out back. There is actually a dumpster out back. Yeah. yeah, we didn't park near it. The dumpster at Tower Avenue Tavern talked some shit on Friday, so I taught it a lesson. I got one looked at the damage everything was fine okay so we'll let nikki finish her bartending duties here all right guys i would uh now it we, we still have a few minutes here but i would like to thank you thank you for having us oh, Jesus. We will cheers all over oh i don't know how much stink you recorded oh yeah there we go um i'll have to edit that shit out so anyways we just cheers 
um, last 10 minutes. So you, you guys, uh, when we left off, when I um, wiped the keyboard off from a previous shot, I paused the podcast. Uh, we were talking about you two hanging out at the bar and how Brent said, oh, you want to go do something tonight? Hey, it looks like we have Crystal and Brent walking in here. Um, oh, snap. Um, Can I get you? Well, now Nikki has to go do her, uh, go do her duties. <laughs> uh, so One of those, this job would be awesome if it wasn't for the fucking customers kind of moments. Well, the customers kind of make this because we are recording this live in a bar on a Sunday night when they're open. Um, you know, it's the risk you take. You're either going to have a couple people walking in or you're going to have 20 people in here trying to watch i don't know disney on ice or some shit like that and they're really into it i'm gonna say gavin meant these two customers in particular okay yeah there's that too <laughs> can we go back to the worst customers ever question who is the most annoying customer who is the most annoying customer that you've ever had friend so there was a question that we didn't get into, and I've been kind of hemming and hawing on this one. Um, it's it, it's a real personal question. I, if you choose not to answer, that's fine. We will sit here in awkward silence for about twenty seconds while I come up with a fresh question. Um, but. You're a bartender of 17 years. Yes. Um, Gavin, you've spent a lot of time at a bar. All right. Well, I think, you know, over the years, um, if a doctor was asking you how many times you spent at a bar, they would say a lot. What is your family's opinion about working at a bar or the good times you've had at a bar? I'll let you go first. Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. Um, well, my mom bartended at a bar in a campground for a good 20 years of my life. When I was a little kid, I used to go with her to work and never looked down on me for it. A lot of people have a bad opinion about bartenders, like, especially people who don't drink or have had someone in their life who deals with alcohol issues. Um... She's never looked down on me for it. She actually gives me props for pulling a couple of doubles every week. So uh, they've never been negative about it, but it has helped um, me get through the years income-wise. So I mean, none of my family really frowns on me for it. But the nights when I want to go out and have fun with my friends, then it's, you know, the question comes up, well, how many nights a week do you spend in a bar? There's a difference between how many nights a week you're in a bar working as opposed to out and having fun. Absolutely. So if you had a a young female that's 21, 22 years old, she's already had a couple kids and she comes up to you, hey, I'm thinking about getting my bartender's license and working in a bar to help provide for my family. What's some advice you'd give for them? Just make sure that it doesn't overlap with any of the kids activities any of the family functions that can be really hard to be pulled away from softball tournaments and volleyball tournaments or christmas concerts or you know 
family Christmas because that's your shift. You work Tuesday nights, Christmas is on a Tuesday, you're stuck because no one wants to take that shift. You have to be sure that you're prepared to be able to do that. You know, especially with small children. Huh. And, and, you know, with what I've seen and I've heard from other people, you've done a great job at raising your kids. I think so. You've instilled values upon them. Yes. They're doing good in school. Yes, definitely. Um, so, you know, it's it's not a bad profession. It should never be looked down upon. It is no different than, you know, working 60, 70 plus hours a week, you know, in a trade. Um, right. And the thing with bartending is you could pull off the income that you would make at a 40-hour a week job in 20 hours a week. Depending on where you're at and what nights you are working. More free time with your family, if that's your only job. Couldn't say it better myself. That's it's a great way to say that. It's, it's a great way to make money. Gavin, you don't have to answer this at all. <laughs> There's no way you can follow that up. I'm sorry. Well, my parents have been recovering alcoholics since 1992. Yeah, he can follow it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do my parents frown on the amount of time that I spend in a bar? Especially due to the fact that I don't work at a bar? Maybe a little. But I rarely have to call on somebody to take care of any of my children because I want to spend time at a bar. And that's all that matters as long as it's not interfering with your family, your kids. Priorities. Um, exactly. Priority. You know, it's where it lies. I feel like Nikki has something to say between shoes and Doritos. We're at about an hour of the podcast right now. Um, I'm going to ask you guys one final question. And that is your most memorable time at a bar. Not the fight. Your most memorable time at a bar. On the other side of the pine or as a customer? In general. In general. Let's go with customer. Let's go with customer. Customer is a good one. I like that. I'm going to go with customer. Okay, so most memorable time at a bar. Nikki is talking about a fantasy she overheard in a bar. It might have been a dream as well. I'm not really 100% <laughs> sure. I was either drunk or dreaming. So, most memorable time at a bar? I would have to say my most memorable, good memory, memorable time at a bar would be I bartended at a big old bar called The Runway up in Hermantown. Very busy bar. I mean, we had bands every weekend, Friday, Saturday night. 300 plus people rolling in and out of there all night. And it was New Year's Eve and midnight hit. The band was playing full steam. They stopped and they just said, everybody cheers, everybody happy New Year's. I could hear everybody singing. I can't remember the song that was on. Everybody singing together. Just rocking the whole house, swaying back and forth. Nobody was arguing. Everybody was getting along. We're all wearing, like, our, you know, New Year's gear and stuff. All the bartenders stopped and cheers with everybody. And it was, like, this awesome vibe throughout the whole bar. Probably 300 people in there. Everybody smiling, crying, laughing, hugging, kissing. It was, like, an overwhelming good vibe off of everybody and I've never felt that in a bar before. It's like something that you see in a movie. Exactly. It was like a movie. 
And Tempted Fate that was playing that night too. <laughs> they were a great band. Uh, shout out to Red real quick. You know, um, Red, I hope you get your uh, get your ticker back working right again, so we can hear some more of your amazing music. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Gavin. It's a hard question. Most memorable time of the ball. God, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to choose. It really I'm, is. I'm going to roll out. I'm going to actually roll out with this one. It's, it wasn't too long ago. Um, friend of mine that, uh, that I don't get to see very often, but I love hanging out with and enjoy spending time with, um, had literally just found out about a hard situation that I was going through. Um, and we decided to meet up and have a beer or two. Nope, not going to get crazy. We're just going to meet up so we can talk, you know, just feel things out. And at about midnight, one of our mutual friends left for the evening. My friend looked at me and he said, well, we got two options. Says we can finish these beers and we can go home and call it a night. Or we can follow these beers with a shot and we can see what kind of fuck us we can start for the night. <laughs> I'm not really going to elaborate much more on what happened after that. Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, I cannot. <laughs> Even with the fuckers. But he, he knows how much fun we had. <laughs> That's, that's just the kind of thing that happens at a bar in Superior. Uh, we're going to end it here, but if you want to plug anything at all, somewhere you work, where you want to see more patrons, more business, floors open. If your car's broke, you better bring it to All-Star Service and accessories up on Central and just There you go. Hey, where should we go for drinks on nights that you're working? Everybody should head to Log Cabin Tavern in South Range. Log Cabin Tavern. Happy hour four to six. I'm going to sell dollar beers, two dollar rails. Selfishly plug Grumpy's Tavern because that's where we're. Yes. uh, Yes, always. On Wednesdays for tacos. It's always a good time here. Yes, this podcast is brought to you by Grumpy's Tavern on Highway Two in Superior, where we have Taco Wednesdays. We also, believe it or not, have Sloppy Joe's Sundays. For free and some football. For free and some football. How can you go wrong with some Sloppy Joe's? Anyways, thanks for listening. This has been Barstool Banter. Uh, Your host, Dave, and your co-host. Nikki. And our guests. Karina. Gavin. Anyways, thank you for listening. You have a great Sunday.